three, two, one. And welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham. And I'm Zach Brown. Welcome to another episode of the official review. A very, very lightning quick episode of the official review today. But we are introducing a new segment today. Yes. Top 10 list segment. Top 10. Yes, where we are going to be um, breaking down. We We won't tell you what it is yet, but... We're going to be doing a top 10 list, seeing how it compares to each other, just bantering back and forth about that. And uh, you know what? It's going to be fun. It's experimental. So we'll see how it goes today. And if if we love it, if y'all love it, we're going to keep doing it. So let's, uh, the time for chatting is over. Let's get up to three up, three down. Zach, talk about some baseball. All right. The first thing I want to talk about is the Wilson Contreras situation. I don't know if you've heard about this, but I don't think I have. Uh, the Cardinals right now are the last place team in the National League. They're sitting at 11 and 25 or something like that. They're pitching ERA. Their team ERA is like bottom of the league right now. So Wilson Contreras, the guy they just signed for $86 million, they just said that he's not going to be catching anymore. They're going to just be using him as DH. Mm. Apparently some of the pitchers on the pitching staff are not comfortable pitching to him. Um, <clears throat> they're bl- I mean, I don't think I think Wilson Contreras is taking a little bit too much blame in this situation. I think he's just scapegoat the scapegoat for why they're playing so bad. Now, the Cubs, they came out and said the reason why we didn't offer him an extension is because he has a problem with preparation. He's not very good at game prep. And so they look justified in not giving him an extension. And now the Cardinals are stuck with Wilson Contreras. A team that should be competing for a World Series is the last place team in the National League. That's crazy, um, man. It's it's interesting. Again, they're they're kind of putting all the blame on him. When I think their manager Carlos Marmol deserves some blame, um, the front office deserves some blame. Wasn't that a former uh, pitcher? Yes, I think so. He was like for the Cubs or something like. It that. might not be Carl. No, I don't think it's Carlos Marmol. I know his last name is Marmol. Anyways, I'm looking um, at what you're talking. Their pitching coach. Um, Literally, his only pitch. I saw something today where the Cardinals pitching coach has only pitched 16 innings in his entire life. <coughs> they were all in college. Okay. Oh, so, Oliver Marmel. Oliver Marmel. Okay. And then they had that controversy where they had to bench that player. Uh, I think his name is Tyler O'Neill a couple weeks ago because he's not putting in effort. Cardinals are a mess. And it's, it's interesting because the Cardinals have always been one of the most steady franchises. And yet now they're in a complete and utter mess. It's falling apart in front of their face, man. And then I want to talk about, because we're going to be going through these a little bit quick, because uh, me and my wife are going to a movie tonight, so we need to wrap this up as, uh, fairly quickly. Let's go into Kasu- a guy named Kasumba Dennis. Um, if you want to look up this on your own, there's a guy named Kasumba Dennis. And you say, who is Kasumba Dennis? And what does he have to do with baseball? Well, he is a, he is a young, I think he's like 22, Ugandan baseball player. Wow. Which I didn't even know they had baseball in Uganda. Um, and he posts a lot of videos on like TikTok and Twitter of his training regimen. He's a catcher, his training regimen. And he just got an invite to what is called the MLB draft. Uh, uh, I think it's like futures game or something. It's where, it's where a bunch of amateurs come and play and they get to play in front of MLB scouts. So because this guy is not going to be able to play college ball, 
he wouldn't normally have eyes on him, but he's going to be able to play in this in this league where he's going to have eyes on him. And he's going to have a chance to play Major League Baseball. He looks like a pretty good prospect, and he could be the first ever <coughs> African-born player to make Major League Baseball in that's, Kasumba that's, Dennis. That's legit. That's legit. Kasumba. And then the final thing is, I want to talk about Bryce Harper. Look, I have never been a fan of Bryce Harper. I have never liked him, especially his days in Washington. I, I could not stand him. But what he has done is impressive. He's come yeah. back from Tommy John surgery in like 158 days. Um, he's only playing first base right now, but still, it's super impressive. The Phillies really, really need him to come. Needed him to come back. Um, yeah, I just want to give I just want to give Bryce Harper his flowers. You know, he he was able to come back. That that's a guy that wants to play. A guy that works hard to come back much earlier than expected. You know, that's a guy that loves the game, loves his team, wants to contribute. So I still am not a huge fan of Bryce Harper, but I got to give him props here for, for You've coming got respect so for Bryce. Harper. Got respect for him. Yeah. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's it for three up for three down. Braves are still rolling. Uh, yes, they still are. first place. The Mets are struggling right now. Sweat. Scherzer, by the Tigers. Scherzer just got scratched from a start. Yeah. It's swept by the Tigers lost the series to the Rockies. Things are not bad, looking good. Bad in, looks. Bad looks. In New York. Kodai Senga has been good though. Kodai Senga has been very, very good. He's he's our, been our best pitcher. So that tells you anything. All right, we'll jump into the NBA playoffs, which have been the source of my lack of sleep with the way that the <laughs> they do these schedules, um, which is a, a, a conversation for a different day. Right now, having um, talking to you, ESPN, advertising a game to start at ten, and the tip not happening till ten twenty. <laughs> is unacceptable, um, especially when the game will end 1231 o'clock East Coast time. But a game that did end around 1245, one o'clock East Coast time last night was the Lakers and the Warriors, where the Lakers took a 3-1 lead on the defending champion Warriors. Um, and it's been the same thing over and over again for the Warriors. Mental mistakes in the clutch have cost them two games legitimately. They got blown out in game three. They weren't going to win that game. Game two, they blew out the Lakers. <clears throat> but game one, Jordan Poole pulled from like 30 feet to tie the game when he had six seconds to either swing it to Steph Curry. And then yesterday, we saw legitimate just mental errors from Draymond when they were driving. Uh, he was driving the paint. He uh, turned it over to Anthony Davis. And then he forces a jump ball. Jump ball comes. Steph Curry catches the ball, has two timeouts falls to the ground and just throws the ball out of bounds instead of calling the timeout. That gives the Lakers the ball with a second left and they win. Props to Lonnie Walker Jr. or the fourth, Lonnie Walker the fourth, who had been cut out of the, the rotation completely, gave good minutes in the blowout game two win from the Warriors, but gave good minutes for the Lakers. He's earned some keep and he scored 15 points in the fourth quarter last night to elevate the Lakers over the Warriors. It's 3-1. And I honestly believe, and this is this sounds as, as crazy as it sounds, I honestly believe like the Warriors can still win this series. It's the Warriors. They got the never up. never lost a three a three one lead. But no one had ever lost a three one lead in the NBA Finals before LeBron did it. And the Warriors have done it the same year that the Warriors got beat three or got came back um, or got upset three one by the Cavs in the Finals. They came back on the Thunder, who are up three one on them in the Western Conference Finals. So it's happened before. The Warriors can do it. 
The Warriors, I don't know if you've heard this stat, the Warriors have never lost a Western Conference playoff series under Steve Kerr. Wow. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, never lost a Western Conference playoff series under Steve Kerr. They've either missed the playoffs or lost in the play-in, but they've or made the NBA Finals. Yeah. They've never lost a Western Conference playoff series, which is wild. Now, here, here's, here's another question. If LeBron somehow wins the title with the Lakers, can we start talking about GOAT conversations for LeBron James? Um, it really depends on how it goes, because right now the Lakers are not up 3-1 on the, La- on the Warriors because of LeBron. The Warriors are up 3-1 on the Lakers because of Anthony Davis. And, and the, LeBron was not great in the bubble when they won their LeMickey ring. When they won that ring, they, LeBron, with, if it wasn't for a shot from Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving scoring 40 in game six, then he, they might not have beaten the Warriors coming back 3-1. Ray Allen doesn't hit that shot back in 2014 against the Spurs. We don't know if he has that championship. So there's a lot of, I think there's too many, too many questions to ask around LeBron's championships. If he goes out there, he dominate or and he's, and he's dominant the rest of the time is really shown, which he shouldn't have to be. He's 38 years old. Yeah. So I understand that but, aspect. But, of but it. could, but, but could we, but could we argue that Michael wasn't, well, doesn't have those championships without Pippen. Could we argue the same thing? I mean, you can argue that for every player, but there is there is there's differences in the conversation because who was out there hitting the clutch shots for the Bulls when they won? It's Michael Michael. Jordan. Yeah. Who's out there hitting the clutch shots for for the LeBron teams? Everyone except for LeBron. Everyone except for LeBron. And Michael Jordan was six and oh in the NBA finals. Yeah. LeBron has lost. Look, I'm still lot. in the camp of MJ being the greatest. I'm just uh, and, and look, it's going to it's going to become more of a consensus if LeBron wins a fifth. If LeBron wins a fifth, then he's going. There's going to be. I, I think he might actually overtake it in the percentages. In my mind, I don't think he ever will be because MJ's transformative. We're going to talk about um, value to a co- like value to a company whenever we get into our top ten list. Right yeah. now. I don't think it's cl- I, I I don't I don't see a world where LeBron can ever surpass MJ. Now that's not the only series going on. I want to quickly talk about the Sixers and Celtics who will be playing game 5 tonight. The Celtics have looked inept in the fourth quarter. They've looked like they've never been there before which they have. But props to James Harden. Cuz James Harden in the two games that the Sixers have won, James Harden has scored 40 or 35 plus and has hit the game winning shot. James Harden has been a notorious playoff choker, and he has shown up this year, giving given support when Embiid was was had a good. His counting stats were fine in Game Four, but his impact on the floor he was being he he, he looked he looked scared. Al Horford was packing his lunch all day. James Harden stepped up, so that's an interesting series for me. The Miami Heat, who are the eight seed, are now up three one on the Knicks. The Knicks have forgotten how to rebound. The and the heater, they're an eight seed about to make it to the conference finals. And I think that's a dangerous team to play in all Look, reality. I picked Warriors Heat in the finals this year. Could happen. You did pick Warriors Heat. <laughs> I did. I did. And wow. it could happen. That is wild. But um, the last series, I don't know. You don't watch basketball, but this has truly been one of the more entertaining series that I've ever watched in my life. Nuggets Suns has been just electric. Game four was. 
Devin Booker, I don't know if you saw this stat. Devin Booker is, um, over his last two games, has scored 35-plus in both games and has missed a total of nine shots. Yeah, I, I I thought I heard that he was like 15 for his last 17 three from three or something well, like that. Yeah, that's I mean, he went 20 of 25 and scored 47 points. And then the last game, he went like 14 of 18. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's otherworldly. We don't see that kind of stuff. And then we have Jokic dropping 50 and them still losing. Jokic drops a very calm 50 on <laughs> the Suns and they play again tonight at 10 o'clock. And I'll be tuned in, but that is an all-time series. And the Suns have gotten better since Chris Paul got injured. So I think that's worth noting as well. But that's all I've got for the NBA yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, let's get into some college football. Let's talk yeah. a few things about college football. Um, Auburn landing Peyton Thorne. What, what is your opinion on them landing Peyton Thorne? They I could have gotten Casey Thompson, but they got Peyton Thorne. I think he's better than anyone they had on the roster. I don't think he's going to wow anyone with anything. I think he's the he's the typical I think he's a typical he almost feels like what a Blake Sims was for the for Alabama or or what the Jeremy Johnson guy was for LSU, which both of those guys weren't great, but they were guys that are not going to they're not going to, you know, wow you. They're going to make the right play. I don't think I think this is a good choice. I think this is this is a that was a move they needed to make to where they can at least win yeah. eight or nine games. I think they can yeah. win eight or nine games. It's a game. rebuilding team, you know. Hugh Freeze is going to be under a lot of pressure to do more than just rebuild immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think especially because of what we saw from TCU last year and what we saw from LSU, they're going to expect year one hop. They're going to expect a year one flourish from Auburn. And I think this quarterback can do that. Eight or nine wins, I think they'll they'll walk out being really, really happy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably the best they could do, to be honest. Um, yeah. you know, Casey Thompson, yeah, he's got he's got the talent, but there's a reason why he ended up going to FAU instead. I think he's got the talent. I don't think he has it between the ears. I don't think he can and that's and there's also a reason why he's he didn't stay at Nebraska and win that job. So Peyton Thorne isn't the greatest option, but it's better than what they had. TJ Finley just transferred out. Um, so that if nothing else, they need depth. And so Peyton Thorne is going to give them that. Um, out of the four new teams joining the Big 12 next year, which one do you think is going to have the most success? Houston. I think Houston is the most um, is the most ready. And I also think, um, is this long-term or early? Just in their term. first year, who has first the most year? Success okay, first not year. Houston, not Houston. First year, they just lost their quarterback and their best wide receiver. I also look at Cincinnati as um, Cincinnati. I th- I think it's Cincinnati. Made a terrible coaching hire. They made a terrible coaching hire, but I think it is Cincinnati because they have the most transferable pieces in my mind. They've got a second year quarterback. They've got a good defense. They 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 play more of a power five style. So I'm going to say Cincinnati short term, long term, it's going to be Houston because of the Texas hotbed uh, for recruiting. Um, And I also wouldn't put it past a BYU to be really good this year, too. My pick, uh, I actually got this question from a poll I saw on Twitter 
The most popular answer was BYU, but I think the answer is UCF. I think UCF has the most success. Gus Malzahn has experience playing in a big-time conference. Um, they're, they're, they're also in a recruiting hotbed. They've got good players on this team. I think UCF has them, and I, I think all four of them are going to struggle this year. You know, playing solid competition every week. I think all four of them are going to struggle. But I think UCF has the best season. And long-term, yeah, I would agree. Houston or UCF, I think long-term is going to have them because Cincinnati made a horrible hire with Satterfield. BYU, they don't recruit all that well. Um, and so I think long-term, it's going to be UCF or Houston. But I, I'm going to lean towards UCF long-term as well just because um, I don't trust Houston's head coach. He's been in the Big 12 before and didn't have success. So, and he's got like a drinking problem. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee Houston being the long-term success. He there. looks like a guy with a drinking problem. Too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he coached at West Virginia. There's not a whole lot else to do up there. So, right. Um, right. Last one out of these four quarterbacks in the SEC, new quarterback guys that are going to be starting this year. Which one do you trust the most? Joe Milton. Carson Beck, Peyton Thorne, or Tyler Buckner? I mean, the Homer answer is Carson Beck, but I feel like out of all those guys, it's, I'm going to lean Carson Beck because I feel like he's more talented than Joe Milton, but I think it's only because he's, he's, got, he's been on the team. Him and Joe Milton have been on the team and know the system. I, and I think Georgia's got better pieces. I think Carson Beck, I trust him more because of the pieces around him. Joe Milton's probably the, the probably would be the most comfortable to start just because he's got the most experience starting. But Buckner <laughs> and um and Thorne are jumping into new systems. So I don't trust that off the bat. I'm gonna go Carson Beck. Carson Beck is the Homer answer, but I think it's also the right answer, to be honest yeah. with you. Joe yeah. Milton, I, I've mentioned this before on the show. He's lost two quarterback battles before. He was the day one starter several years ago for Michigan lost out to Cade McNamara, who, by the way, also got beat out by another guy. So if you want to be technical about it, Joe Milton got beat out by two other quarterbacks at Michigan. Leaves goes to Tennessee, was the day one starter for Tennessee in 2021, lost the starting job by, I think, like week two or three to Hendon Hooker. So I, 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 am, I am baffled that there's so much confidence in Joe Milton, look, he could prove everybody wrong. They could go undefeated this year, because, and he could win the highs. I don't know. But I need to see it from him. Um, somebody said it today, make the routine plays routine, and I don't think he has the ability to do that. He, he, can, he can launch a ball 90 yards in the air downfield, but can you make a routine throw? Can you hit the check down guy? Can you put touch on your passes and fit it into tight windows? He hasn't proven that he can do that yet. Um, the offense is definitely going to help him, but I think when it comes to big games, I think Joe Milton's going to struggle. And so I think Carson Beck's the right. And then Tyler Buckner, Peyton Thorne, they're both new to their offenses. They're just learning them. So I think Carson Beck is the right answer. Yeah, I could, I, I, I agree with that. All right. Um, so do you want to just get into the top 10 and, and call it a day? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've got, I, I am, if not, I can I can talk about one more thing while you're while you're finishing. Talk about hockey. List. Talk about okay. hockey. Let's I, talk I will about, go mute for a minute and talk about hockey. 
I, I will talk about the NHL. Last last episode, we asked if you guys wanted us to cover the NHL. We didn't get any responses to that, but I took it upon myself to start watching some NHL hockey. And to be honest with you, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, I've watched hockey games in the past. I've watched the NHL in the past. But this particular postseason, maybe it's just this postseason, but I've it has been super entertaining. I guess I either forgot or never realized just how fast-paced that hockey is and how not only is it fast-paced, people can literally just deck each other, and it's illegal. Uh, from I, now, I'm still learning the game. I don't know all the rules yet. I don't completely understand NHL yet, but basically, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of football and you're a fan of like fast paced sports, I think you'd enjoy hockey if you gave it a chance. Honestly, um, Danny, whoever's listening, you know, maybe nobody's listening to this episode, but I think you'd enjoy it if you really enjoy fast paced sports and you like contact sports. You'd really enjoy hockey. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, this playoffs has been wild. The the uh, the Florida Panthers, who like a month ago, like we're not even going to make the playoffs, went on an insane run, made the playoffs, and they're up three zero on the number one seeded Toronto Maple Leafs. They're about to sweep the Maple Leafs. That's crazy. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't have a team yet, but I'm just I'm just going to enjoy this playoffs as a as a as a guy that doesn't have a team and i'm just afraid to pick a team that's in the playoffs because i feel like that'd be bandwagoning but you know i don't know this may be something that i that i get into maybe it's just the playoff environment that i like i don't know but it's a fun sport to watch now am i going to choose it over football absolutely not am i going to watch it over i would probably watch nhl playoff hockey over any baseball game other than a braves game to be honest with you, I'd, I'd watch a Braves. That's, that's a pretty big deal. I would watch a Braves game over them. <laughs> if it's not the Braves playing, I probably would watch NHL playoff hockey. To be honest with you, um, it's it's very entertaining, and I would recommend anybody that's looking for, an, especially during this time of year, when there's if you're not a fan of baseball and you're just kind of waiting for football, give hockey a try. It's it's pretty fun. It's a pretty fun sport to watch. Yes, sir. I, I've I've been hearing you talk about it, so I mean, I'm very. I knew that was I knew that you were going to start falling in love with it because I know how you are. If you start watching something, you're going to like it. Um, so I mean, look, dude, I, I want to be able to get into it, but right now, especially as a NBA playoff, like as a basketball guy, that's the problem with it is it has to compete with the NBA playoffs every year. Every and it usually year. doesn't win that. So yep. Yep. But I'm not a basketball fan, so I needed something else. I liked hockey. So if you're not, if you're like me, you don't like basketball, give hockey a try. They have the same seasons, so um, you might be interested in that. But let's get into our top ten. And here is our announcement. Here is the top ten WWE superstars. WWE superstars. Now, before we get into this, these are not our top ten favorite superstars. No. These we we tried to go and this was very very difficult, dude. Very difficult. I'm sh- I, yeah, I, I had to I had to be I had to, we had we have five criteria that we're ranking them on, and I had to be as objective as possible to do my ranking. And when I got to my final ranking, I was like, man, it really doesn't seem like they should be that low or they should be that high. But based off that system, based off of those that criteria, I think they're in the correct spot according to my top ten. And this is just our opinion. You can agree with us. That's that's the beauty of it. 
but our five criteria is accolades and i don't know but i don't know what you included in that i really only counted champion titles yeah titles like i only counted world titles mid-card titles and tag team titles i didn't really count like hardcore championships or cruiserweight title. i didn't i didn't include any of that um in-ring ability is number two um your ability to not only perform moves but also do in-ring storytelling um entertainment ability your ability to cut promos how good is your character how over can you get with the crowd value to the company how that this kind of self-explanatory how valuable were you or are you to the business of the wwe and then the last one is a personal opinion of them um so there's a little bit of subjectiveness to it where we give our personal opinion but I, but but forty out of fifty points is objective, and only ten points are are subjective. Ugh, yeah. So I'm going to start first because I think you're a little unprepared. No, I'm ready. Are oh, you ready? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give my honorable mentions first. Honorable <laughs> mentions. These are these yeah. are crazy. I'll I'll do I'll do these. Hulk Hogan, Mick Foley, Jeff Hardy, and Chris Jericho are my honorable mentions. Um. Wow. Those are my and Jeff Hardy is my all time favorite WWE wrestler. But this is not our favorite. These are the best. Uh, I think if Jeff Hardy could have laid off the drugs and got out of trouble, I think he could have been in this list. But unfortunately, he couldn't. So I'm going to start. My number 10 is Kurt Angle. Number 10 is Kurt Angle. Uh, I ranked him a 37 out of 50. I gave him a 6 for accolades, 9 for in-ring ability, 7 for entertainment ability, 8 for value, and seven in terms of personal opinion. Kurt Angle, going back and watching er, uh, wrestling in the early 2000s, he was big in the early 2000s. He dominated. And look, the fact that he could translate so well from from actual Olympic-style wrestling to professional WWE-style wrestling is so impressive, and I think he deserves credit for that. Kurt Angle is my number 10 spot. Well, uh, if we're going to go through honorable mentions, I just came up with a couple that I did not include, including, and these were guys that I considered but didn't make my list, Randy Orton, Mick Foley, Kurt Angle, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Rey Mysterio. Those are guys that did not make my list but were close. My number 10 is Roman Reigns. Okay. Number 10 is Roman Reigns. Accolades is a nine and a nine out of 10. I think those speak for themselves. What he's already done, main eventing WrestleMania like five or six times already. In ring, I put him at a six. Entertainment, I put him at a five. Value to the WWE, I put him at a nine. I think his value to the WWE is very underrated. How much I like him, I put him at a five. That rounds him out at a 34 out of 50 in the 10 slot. So I was picky. Roman very, Reigns was part of my honorable mentions, but he yeah. scored so low that I didn't even mention him. Yeah, so uh, Roman Reigns was at a 34 out of 50. I think his accolade bump and the value to the WB all across the board really puts him above. I think, and this is just the way that I did it, but the guys that are, and I only have, I think, two or three that are still actually wrestling today, I, I kind of docked points from people that are still that have not finished their career, especially those that are in the prime of their career, because they're going to get a lot more. <coughs> I know Roman, he's had this historic reign and I gave him points for that. 
but he's also only held the title like five times. So compared to other people, I didn't give him as much. He's never held a mid-card title. I don't think he's ever even been a tag champion either. Um, so that was just my opinion. But hey, that that's your list. Number nine for me, I've got Randy Orton. Randy oh, Orton okay. at number nine, nice. 37 out of 50. Um, accolades, I gave him an eight. He is like a, I think he's a nine-time world champion. In-ring ability is an eight. Um, he can he can do most everything. He's not too big to not be able to high fly, but he's not, um, and he's not too small to be able to do power moves. Um, entertainment ability, seven. He's never been a great promo guy, to be honest. He's never been a guy that's going to cut the greatest promos, but I gave him a lot of credit for the legend killer stage of Randy Orton. Yeah. The amount of heel heat that Randy Orton could produce, I think bumps up his entertainment ability value to the company only a seven, just because he's never been the guy of the company. Um, and then personal opinion, a seven growing up, I hated Randy Orton, but as I've gotten older, I, I, I appreciate him a lot more. So at number nine, I've got Randy Orton. My number nine is Hulk Hogan at a 35 out of 50. Um, I put his accolades at an eight out of 10. He won the WCW championship six times. So that's uh, enough. Uh, yeah, that, I didn't include WCW titles. because So a that's probably company. why Hulk Hogan fell off your list. Yeah. Okay. In ring, I put him at a four. He's really was never that great in the ring. Entertainment, an eight value nine out of ten and then how much i liked him at six value is only nine his value WWE would not exist without hulk hogan but i do feel like there's more valuable people than hulk hogan hey hey it's so that's you he's that, at that, that for me hulk hogan I, i'm pretty sure i ranked him at a 10 and I, w- I was going to give him an 11 in value just because wwe doesn't exist without hulk hogan um, i gave 10 i gave he's the worst t- finisher of all time though yeah the, oh. <laughs> He's not a great yeah. in-ring competitor. That's why he got a four. He's a great entertainer, though. He missed great your list, right? Hulk Hogan missed your list? Yes, he's an, okay. he was an honorable mention. Yes. All right. Do you want me to jump to eight, or do you want to do eight? Um, let's just keep doing the way we were doing. So number okay. eight, I have, and you may be shocked by this one, Seth Rollins at number eight. Wow. 39 out of 50 for me. Um, accolades, I only gave him a two, because he's only, I think he's only a three-time world champ. He must have been um, highly ranked everywhere else. But my goodness. Um, but but here's my th- here, here's my thing with Seth Rollins. He's in the prime of his career. He's probably got at least another ten years left. He's going to earn a lot more. So that's why I would have given him a higher accolade score. But I just know his potential. He's going to win more. So I, I kind of brought it down a little bit. In ring ability is a ten. He can literally do anything in the ring. He is he is this generation's edge, in my opinion. He can he can anything you give him, he can take it and run with it. That's why I also gave him nine for entertainment ability. Every gimmick he's ever done has, has worked. The shield worked. Um, just burn it down. Seth Rollins worked. Monday Night Messiah worked. And the current version of Seth Rollins works. Everything he does turns to gold. It works. Value to the company is eight. I don't think he's ever been the guy. That's why I couldn't bump him up any higher than that. Personal opinion, he's my favorite wrestler in the company right now. I give him a 10. So that's why he's where he's at. My number eight is The Rock. Wow. Okay. At 39 out of 50. And I know that's a little, little high for The Rock. Like, like, you know what I mean? You mean low? Low. low. Yeah. A little low for The Rock. I put his accolades at six out of 10. 
I feel like he really, in the grand scheme of things, did not win that many titles. Right. A lot of short title reigns. A lot of short title reigns. In ring, he wasn't the the smoothest. He wasn't the smoothest in ring. His entertainment was a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Entertainment, 10 out of 10. Value to the WB would have been higher if he didn't take the movie break, in my opinion. I feel like his value to the WB, I put it in an 8. And then how much I liked him is 7, because the era that I saw The Rock in the most was when he was feuding against my favorite superstar in John Cena. So I kind of used a little bit of motivate. uh, I can in that situation. Yeah. So seven out of 10 for the rock and he scored an overall 39 out of 50. All right. Number seven for me is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Number seven. Yeah. I gave him a 40 out of 50 Uh, for accolades. I only gave him a six. Uh, He did. He's a surprisingly, he's only been a world champion three times, which that was a little shocking to me. Um, in ring ability is a 10. I, when I was th- thinking about Shawn Michaels, I was like, I have never once seen a Shawn Michaels match that was not good. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he never put on a stinker of a match. So he was just that there's a reason why he was called Mr. WrestleMania. Entertainment ability, nine out of 10. Great entertainer, especially during the DX days. Value to the company, I only gave him a seven because once again, he never was the face of the company. He's always been like one of the top guys, but he's never been the face of the company, um, at least not in the time that I've watched it. And then personal opinion, eight. I really like Shawn Michaels. So I gave him a 40 out of 50, and he is number seven on my list. My number seven on my list is Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, no. Stone Cold cannot be lower than a three. There is no way. Stone Cold Steve Austin is seven. Oh on my, my list. gosh, no way. Please roast this man. Please. If, it is, if anybody's I, I watching under, this, I understand. I know. I, 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 look, I understand the value of Stone Cold. He was never great in the ring. I think that held him back. He wasn't like he was. He's kind of clunky in the ring. And I feel like if Stone Cold was, and I know he is, his value to WB, I put it as a, it was a borderline 10, nine, or I think he's nine out of 10 because he ran the Attitude Era, in my opinion. Only a nine? But oh my his entertainment was 10. His in-ring, his in-ring is six. His accolades are eight because, I mean, he won what? He won the freaking Royal Rumble three times. How much I liked him is an eight as well. He scored a 41 out of 50. But I think the in-ring hurt him, in my opinion. Oh, my his, goodness. Because if he was in today's, today's WWE, he would be considered a below-par wrestler. And he, I, I feel like he... His wrestling style would not translate. But it, I think it go, goes into more than that. Like, and the, like I said, this is both our own lists, but when it came to in-ring ability, it, to me, it's more than just what moves can you do. It's can you tell a story with your fighting? I, and I put Stone, that Cold was, Stone Cold was the kind of guy that he wasn't going to go out there and do the flips and the dives. He was just going to go out there and stomp a mud hole in you. And, he, and every time he wrestled, he fit that style perfectly, perfectly, because that was the that was his character. His character wasn't I'm going to do all these wrestling moves. His character was I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick your tail every single time I go out there. He fights, not wrestling matches. But hey, it's your list. Number six for me, I have The Rock. So I agree with you a little bit low. Um, I gave him a 42 out of 50 accolades. I only gave him a six. I feel like. His, his title reigns, he didn't have that many, and they were kind of short. 
I don't think his title reigns were ever more than like three months. Um, and I feel like him leaving the company after such a short amount of time in the WWE really hurt his really hurt yeah. his ability to be higher on this list. In ring ability, I gave him an eight, a little bit better than what you gave him. He wasn't the greatest, um, but he was very athletic. Um, entertainment ability is a 10 out of 10. I would have given him a 12 if I could have. Um, value to the company, I gave him a 10 because look, Stone Cold Steve Austin carried through the Attitude Era, but the Stone Cold Steve Austin rock rivalry is the greatest rivalry in WWE history, drew more eyes, drew more attention to the company than any other rivalry that's ever happened. And Stone Cold and The Rock both have admitted that they would not be where they are without each other. So I gave him a 10 as the value of the company. Um, personal opinion of him, eight. I love The Rock. He's the, he is the greatest on the mic of all time. There's no yeah. changing my mind on that. Um, but The Rock, 42, number six on my list. My number six is scored a 41. That is Brett the Hitman Hart. I think he is in at uh, number six. Nine out of 10 for accolades, 10 out of 10 in the ring. I think he's one of the best technical wrestlers we've ever seen. He always put on a good match, like you said, with Shawn Michaels. His entertainment was an eight at the, at the height of the Hart, uh, the Hart Foundation. Everything he did, his feuds with his brother, all I, I really liked a lot what he did. His value to the company, seven out of 10. I don't think it's huge. I do think he opened up the yeah. Vince. Vince screwed him, so obviously, Vince, he I mean, valued. yeah, his value was not that much. And then how much I liked him was seven. So he comes in at a forty-one out of fifty. So which kind of, we're kind of around the same scores at this yeah. point in the in the thing. But I Brett is in at uh, at at a forty-one, which is the exact same score as Stone Cold. But I did give him the nod at six. Personally, I couldn't rank Brett the Hitman Hart because I've never seen one match. I've never seen one Brett the Hitman Hart match, so I couldn't rank him. Um, at number five, and I had I had a four way tie with forty three points. So when I came to those forty three, when I came to those four guys with forty three points, I had to then say, okay, in terms of what they did overall for wrestling and what they did overall for the company. And were they ever the face of the company? That's what I had to make my final decision on. So at number five, as much as it pains me to put him this low, Edge. Number five is Edge, 43 out of 50. Accolades, eight. He is a uh, nine-time world champion. Would have been much more had he not had to take nine years off. A 13-time tag team champion. A, I think a four- or five-time intercontinental champion. He's a Royal Rumble winner. King of the Ring. I, I, I don't know if he won King of the Ring. In-ring ability, 10. He could do it all. He can literally do anything you ask him to. Um, entertainment ability, 9. No character he ever did. Stunk. All of them. He, his ability to make me absolutely hate him as a kid, he's got to get points for that. Heel heat. Randy Orton and Edge were some of the best at getting heel heat um, in the business. Value to the company, 7. I think it could have been much higher. I think WWE at some points wanted to make it, wanted to make him the face of the company. But Edge kind of was the guy that was like, no, I think this guy deserves to be the face. Like it just came out a couple weeks ago that Edge admitted on a podcast that they are Undertaker rather admitted on a podcast that they wanted Edge to beat the streak. And Edge said no. He had too much respect for the company and for the streak. Uh, but then my personal opinion, 10. Edge is just awesome. As a kid, I hated him, but as 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 he's gotten older, as I've gotten older, rather, 
I just I've fallen in love with him. He's amazing. Um, I love Edge, and he's fifth on my list. I'll look full transparency. I completely forgot to put Edge on this list. Oh my gosh, you forgot to put Edge because he he one hundred percent should be in here. One hundred percent should be in the top five. So you can roast me for that, but know that my personal opinion is that he is a top five superstar in all of WWE. That being said, on my list at number five is Triple H. Okay. 43 out of 50. That's what I scored him. His accolades are an eight out of 10. In ring, I think he is an eight out of 10. I think Triple H always put on a good match. I he he could do it all. I feel like he had a lot of uh of, of a lot of really good matches. Uh his brutal matches were some of my favorite. Some of his like when he when he starts getting bloody, when he really can go out there, his his hell in a cell matches were tremendous. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of triple H entertainment. I think nine out of 10, uh, I mean, entertainment, he was with DX, like you said, with Shawn Michaels. I really, really enjoyed him at his, uh, at this peak. And then now he's still enjoyable value to the WWE as a wrestler. I think it was nine. I, I think it was a little bit lower, um, at like an eight out of 10, but I did give him the bump because he's the freaking what COO of the mm-hmm. company. Um, so he's getting a nine and then how much I like him is a nine as well. So that scores him at a 43 and he's in my fifth position. At my number four spot, I have triple H at okay. 43 out of 50 um, accolades. I gave him a 10 because he's a 13 time world champion, multiple time tag team champion. Um, I think he's held the intercontinental title like once or twice, but he's literally done everything you can possibly do in this business, including running the business. Yeah. Um, so accolades has to be a 10 in ring ability is a nine. Literally the one thing that I appreciate the most about triple H is his absolute love and dedication for the business. I can't, there, there have been so many times where matter of fact, I just watched it a couple months ago where he literally tore his quad in the middle of a match and finished the match, continued to try to like do moves with a torn quad. So that's just, that just goes to show you there are, there (laughs) uh, there is only one other guy that I will mention on my list that has shown more dedication to this business than triple H has um, entertainment ability nine. He could, he knew how to cut promos. He was very good. Heel heat. He was really, he was, yeah. I, I know cause I started watching in like 2008. He really wasn't much of a heel during that time period, but early two thousands triple H was the top heel in the company. Nobody was a better heel than triple H. No one liked him. Um, value to the company eight. Um, personal opinion of him seven. He's not my most favorite, but I, I really like him and I really appreciate him. Um, so at number four, Triple H. At number four, I've got Shawn Michaels. I've got Shawn Michaels ahead of Triple H. I think it, it, it all it all it all hinges upon the in ring because I've got his in ring at ten out of ten. I think Shawn Michaels is what Seth Rollins can be become. And I think Seth Rollins is a very is the modern day Shawn Michaels. Well, you see with Shawn Michaels, I think he's very entertaining in the ring. He's had some of the best matches of all time. Yeah, with with Undertaker at WrestleMania 25 and 26, he was so he he got behind his characters. Like we talked with DX, um, whenever he did, we he, with the Undertaker feud, he came out as like this complete opposite of the Undertaker, where he was the the godly figure. And while I don't like, like that, but it was a, he, he did it well. I feel like his value to the company is really high because of DX as well. And then I really like him. His, 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 uh, intro is 
one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, uh, he he's so he, uh, as a as a kid, I really liked him. I really, really like Shawn Michaels. I can remember he has one of the most memorable moments in my mind in WrestleMania history at WrestleMania 24. Before he punts Ric Flair, he says, I'm sorry, I love you. And he yes. retires Ric Flair earlier in that match. He does the sunset flip off the middle rope, hits his ribs on the edge of the announce table. And in one of the that had to be real like that had to hurt. Um, and he wrestled the rest of the match. I really like Shawn Michaels. My personal bias kind of, I think, went put him ahead of Triple H on this to me. 45 out of 50 for Shawn Michaels for me. All right. Number three, 43 out of 50 again, is the only guy that I think has ever given more to this business. And that's The Undertaker. Number three, The Undertaker. Accolades. I gave him only, only a six. I thought he had won more, more world titles than he really did. He never held a mid-card title. I think he was only a tag champion like once. Um, in-ring ability, a nine. I mean, what that guy could do at his size, I mean, he's like almost seven feet tall. The things he could do, do old school for a guy that big is not easy. Yeah, and, crazy. Um, his in-ring ability was amazing. Entertainment ability, I gave him a 10. Every gimmick he did popped. I mean, the American BA to the dead man, every single thing Undertaker ever did was solid. And it was because he, he loved and respected the business so much. He was willing to lose matches he didn't want to lose just for the good of the business. Yeah. And I don't think anybody gave more to this company than Undertaker has. And I don't think there's a greater ambassador for wrestling than The Undertaker. Um, value to the company, eight. Only because Undertaker was never the face of the company, which is shocking. It's amazing that he has never been like the, the true face. He's always been a top guy, never been the face. Um, personal opinion of him, 10. How can you not love The Undertaker? So he's my number three. My number three, scoring a 46 out of 50, is the nature boy, Ric Flair. Wow. Um, I, I've got Ric Flair. Did you forget him on your list? No, he's an honorable mention. Okay. He didn't. Okay. Oh, my God. that's crazy, man. Um, accolades, 10 out of 10. He's won the most, the most titles in WWE history. In ring, I docked him a little bit. I docked him as a seven. I know he's really good, but I think he extended his career a little too long. His last couple years of wrestling were clunky, and I think that kind of hurt him a little bit in my mind. Entertainment value, 10 out of 10. Uh, I, Ric Flair is a professional but is a superstar. He is, and you see me promos were elite, even outside of WWE. He's in like music videos with Migos and Metro Boomin and all these guys value to the company. I think is really high. Um, I I feel he he was one of the, and he's very, very early, very early WWE, but he was one of the major catalysts for WWE to, uh, in my opinion. So his value is high and I really like him. Rick Flair is just one of those guys that I, I love. So his, his his like value for me is ten out of ten, which is the same for the fir- for the next three for me. So my three, two, yeah. and one all have a ten out of ten like for me. So Rick Flair. My issue with Rick Flair is that I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure all sixteen titles were not in the WWE. He, he won the like World a, Heavyweight Championship, uh, but that was during WCW. So and I didn't I didn't count that. I think he had the big gold belt, right? Yeah, but the big gold belt existed in WCW first. Mm-hmm. And I think all of his titles were AWA and WCW. 
So literally for accolades, he got a zero because in WWE, he didn't win any titles. So that was the reason why I couldn't put him on my list. I think he's one of the greatest super wrestlers of all time. Greatest, but just because all of his accolades were before the WWE, I couldn't include him. Uh, My number two, John Cena. Number two is John Cena. Accolades is a 10. He's literally, I mean, he's a 16 time world champion. Um, He's tied Ric Flair. He's literally done everything you can do in this business. I don't think he ever won the Intercontinental, but um, pretty sure he's a Grand Slam champion. In-ring ability is an eight, just because, look, everybody always, and and look, for good reason. People are like, oh, he's only got four moves. And yes, typically he only would use like four moves. But Big Match John, there was no competing with Big Match John. In the biggest matches, when he needed to perform when he needed to put on big matches, John Cena would go crazy. So that's why I gave him an eight. Um, entertainment ability, an eight. Um, Doctor of Thugonomics was great. Um, and even when he was face for so long, great. Um, value to the company is a 10. He is one of the top four on, on the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers in terms of value to the company. He's on there. He carried the company through the, through the late 2000s, early 2010s. WWE wouldn't be where it is without John Cena. His work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation exploded WWE in popularity worldwide. Uh, his ambassador, you know, and he didn't leave the company in the prime of his career like The Rock did. So value is 10. Personal opinion of him, 7. He, I was never like the greatest fan of John Cena, but I've always had a lot of respect for him. I've always liked him. He's number two on my list. My number two is John Cena. Uh, John Cena. John Cena. And look, I, I think you had to see this one coming from me. Um, his his accolades ten out of ten. I agree. I just looked it up. He never he never won the IC championship. I could have sworn at some point in that long career he could have done that. In ring, he's an eight. Big match. John is a real thing. John Cena pull would pull out like would pull out like. Um, Package like that, pile drivers like, like that, that stunner that he would do jumping off the middle rope into dude, a stunner. Nasty. Like, he would pull that out of nowhere. Yeah, and then he would do that like flippy power bomb thing that he did. Yeah. Like uh, John Cena is the I think the most underrated in-ring performer ever. Because he at that big, he's he did strength stuff, he did agility stuff. John Cena picked up the big show and edge at the same time. Yeah. And slammed him. And we talk about Hulk Hogan lifting Andre the Giant. John Cena would have lifted Andre the Giant if they if they wrestled, in my opinion. Yeah. His entertainment, 10 out of 10. Uh, I mean, and that is every single gimmick. And you th- you got to think about how long he was face and he still was over. But he was over even when people hated him because the hatred of John Cena made him over. The yeah. let's go Cena, Cena sucks chants are just evident of his entertainment value. Yeah. Of his entertainment. Uh, it, he's his value is a 10 out of 10. Um, is make a, what he does for make a wish. I feel like he's one of the more loyal WWE superstars of all time as well. What he's done for WWE, he's taken bumps for people. He um he's yeah. lost to people. He lost to Kevin Owen, uh, lost to Kevin Owens at SummerSlam. He's lost to AJ Styles when AJ Styles first came in. And his like is a 10 out of 10. If I could have put a 12, 11 or 12, he's my favorite superstar of all time. John Cena at number two with a score of 48. My number one is Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's got to be Stone Cold. 45 out of 50. 
accolades is a seven. Uh, I think he's like a seven time, I think six or seven time world champ would have won a lot more titles had his knees not given out on him. Yeah. Um, now, well, it, it was not only his knees, but it was also his disagreement with, with his character. And he kind of picked up his ball and left and went home, but his knees were not going to, we're not going to let him wrestle for much longer anyway, even if he wouldn't have left the company in ring ability, I think is a nine, not because he can do the flashy moves or the big power bombs, but because his fighting style always matched his character. Because if you go back and you watch when he was the ringmaster in WCW, he wrestled totally different and it matched his character. So that's why I had to give him a nine because he was, the, he was so much different than every other wrestler. He was not like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to beat you in a wrestling match. He said, no, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat you in a bar fight. Like I'm going to fight you and I'm going to beat you. So that's why he's, he's a nine entertainment ability. Obviously 10, some of the greatest moments in WWE history were, were as a result of Stone Cold. His feud with Vince McMahon is legendary. Um, value to the company is a 10. The, the company was struggling to find a superstar, was basically dying in the late 90s. And then when he won King of the Ring in 96 and did the, um, you got Austin your John 316, 316 yeah. and Austin, that propelled them into the Attitude Era and was the most profitable era in WWE history. So he's the most valuable superstar ever, in my opinion. And then personal, really, I didn't get to see the prime of his career, so I'm only going to give it eight on my personal opinion of him, but he got a 45 out of 50, and he's a number one wrestler of all time. Who do you think my number one is? It's Undertaker. Yeah, you haven't it, mentioned it yet. my number one is The Undertaker with a score of 49 out of 50. His accolades are a nine out of 10. I, I, I know his, 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 his titles are not up there, but the streak is an accolade to me. The yeah, streak, that's true. I didn't the think streak about that. to me is an accolade. What he did at WrestleMania for freaking 20 years, man, for yeah. like the longevity of his career, his in ring, I say he's a 10 out of 10 because of his size. His, and if we want to put in storytelling that makes him even more of a 10 out of 10, he, he, all, my thing with Undertaker is he always matched his opponent. The Shawn Michaels matches, he did more flips. He did, he pulled more out of the bag and matches where he faced like Kane or he faced a bigger guy like the Big Show. He showed his power. He's the most versatile wrestler I've ever seen. His entertainment is a 10 out of 10. Everything that he did, he put 100% of himself into. A lot of people would not, he made a dead guy the best gimmick in WWE. Just a dead dude, an Undertaker. (laughs) Basically a zombie. He made a he, zombie. He made most. a zombie. And he made himself entertaining by speaking so little. Yes. That is one of the biggest that 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 drove him over John Cena for me is how much just the character itself spoke for him. His value is a 10 out of 10. I don't feel I feel like a lot of WrestleManias were carried by Undertaker. There's a lot of championship matches that fell flat, but you knew when the Undertaker match was coming up then you had something to look forward to. That's why he's at 10. And then like is a 10 out of 10. Undertaker is one of those guys that when he retired, I was genuinely sad, genuinely sad when he hung it up. Um, So that, that, that to me, he's 49 out of 50, Zach, in my opinion. Yeah. And I know I went a little higher than you towards the end, but I, I mean, he's a 10 out of 10 in four of the five categories and Undertaker, you're my number one wrestler. All right, man. Well, we got to wrap it up because I got to Yeah, we do. 
Yeah, top. top uh, we got to do this. I like this a lot. I like this top ten. We'll do the same kind of stuff with criteria based uh, rankings, and we'll probably disagree, and I'll probably forget someone again because that's just how I am. <laughs> Edge, I'm sorry, uh, Adam Copeland. If you're watching this, I apologize um, for not putting you on the list. And Stone Cold, I realize you're a little too high on my list or a little too low on my list. So, um, anyways, thank you guys for watching a, uh, a a quick episode, but a fun episode. I've been Mitchell Graham. That's Zach Brown. We will see you in two weeks. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Official Review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected, ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also, if you just want to check Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for every single episode of the official review. Thank you, and we love you. Peace.